Hey there, future friends! This week, we have a song in our heart, we have money on our mind, and we must protect our home. This is the week of November 12th, 2021, and you are listening to episode 221 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's been two weeks. I I took two weeks off because two weeks ago was Halloween. I wanted to enjoy it with my wife. And then right after that, we had NaNoWriMo start or NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month, which I'm trying to do. I'm not doing anything fancy like trying to write a whole novel. I mean, I mean, that's the goal, right? But I am being realistic with myself. I'm letting myself count show notes and blogs and stuff. Because the point of this is just to write more. There are no rules for NaNoWriMo, not really. I do have a friend that's taking it more seriously than me. And he he said, hey, do you want to do this thing where we share work every week? I'm like, "Eh, no, not really. I mean, especially because you never even once listen to my show. Am I being petty? Yes, I am. And I fully, fully, fully admit to it. But I do have news regarding the show. We are changing things up. The show has been around since 2016, and I've had, as you can see, over 200 episodes at this point. And, and boy, has my listenership jumped all over the place over time. And at my peak, I did pretty well. I mean, I wasn't making any money or making a living or anything, but I was pretty proud of my numbers. And thanks to a mix of me not being very active on social media, and also eventually COVID and changing up the show... That dwindled, and I kind of want to relaunch the show. I'm thinking of deleting the old episodes, just because this show is a very episodic show. There's no real point to go back in time, except for maybe my themed episodes, like, oh, a Halloween episode where I talk about some of my favorite movies for the season. Something like that seems like something I'd keep. But why in the hell would you want to go back and listen to an episode from March 8th, uh, 2019? Why do you care what movies may have come out then? And also, my own views have changed a lot over time. And while I don't think I was ever super cancel-worthy, I think I was just... I needed to stop and think a little more. And I I think right now, I am the best version of myself that I've been in a long time. So why not redo the show? And so, until further notice, I'm just going to start playing with the show, doing different things. And my first idea was getting rid of the first two segments. So if you've been listening for a while, you may know that this show had a had had a, a set way it always was. I did this rambling intro, which changed every week. There's never a set thing I talked about. Uh, I would jump into the news and then the trailers. That's any new news and any new trailers I've caught my eye since the last episode. And my first attempt at changing things up and making the show a little more streamlined is to get rid of those segments. Uh, If anything really big happens, I will mention it. If any really big trailers come out, I'll just tell you they came out instead of giving my opinions on them. 
But then again, if, if there is a really big trailer, maybe I will talk about it like like something really big. I might break down the trailer, but I'm going to try with this episode, just jumping right into the movies and making this show about the movies that are coming out each week. Thus, the flicks from the future. Yay, the future. We love the future, right? Kind of, maybe, or is it terrifying? I, I don't know. But before we jump into the movies, let me tell you what trailers did come out in case you wanted to watch them and you haven't seen it. We did, of course, get that trailer for Lightyear, and I guess there's still kind of people talking about where it's going to fit in the Toy Story universe, that this is the story of the Buzz Lightyear, who the or this is the movie of Buzz Lightyear that the cartoon was based on that Andy watched and got the toy from. A little confusing, yes, of course. We got an Uncharted trailer. Uh, two more trailers for Being the Ricardos with Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. Uh, Station Eleven was a popular book a while back. It's uh, just like The Hating Game was. We got trailers for those. A movie called Moonfall with Patrick Wilson. And let's see who else is in this. I, I love me some Patrick Wilson. Ooh, Halle Berry. That's damn good. We got Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, Michael Pena, Donald Sutherland, Charlie Plummer. Um, that That's a great cast right there. And Sing 2 has another trailer out. One of my reasonings for getting rid of the trailer trove was that if you care about movies enough to listen to a movie podcast, all of these trailers are probably coming up on your suggested YouTube videos anyway. But then again, hey, I I love feedback. And I've never been a feedback-heavy show, even at my peak when I had... When, when I had a, a respectable listener base, I still only got a handful of comments every few episodes, and I, I have grown accustomed to that. I'm not that good at it myself. The, the podcasts I love to listen to, we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa, Watch Your Mouth, uh, the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and uh, anytime the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network puts something out, I'm not great about responding, so I understand that. But if you are a longtime listener or if you're a new listener just joining in, tell me what you think about the way this is. Keep in mind that the way the show used to be, I used to talk in depth about the trailers, in depth about the news, the news that caught my eye and the trailers that caught my eye, of course. And then we jump into the movies. Evan, if you still listen, let me know. Uh, my friend Evan, uh, one of the only friends of mine. That gave the show the old college try. I, I know he used to listen. But if you still do, buddy, let me know. Go, hey, this is what I think, because I trust you. But my future friends, th- this also does mean that when we have a commercial break, it's going to be a little longer. I- I'm sorry for that. Because I always like to try and space out my ads. Because at my peak, I had four ads. One for each of the two Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network shows that weren't mine. One for Watch Your Mouth, one for Robbie and Lisa. But since the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network is temporarily not going besides me, I figured it was okay to cut that down to one. But my friends, let us jump into the first segment of the new show, which is the limited releases. How it works on this show is I look at all the movies coming out during the week, or I try to find all of them. Uh, I, As you'll see with this episode, there are some questions I have because I use three different websites, and sometimes they all tell me different things. I do the best I can to put a list together for you. And I break them down into two categories. The first is the limited releases. Those are any movies that aren't getting a wide release or a release on a major streaming service that did not catch my eye. Because I believe that a trailer 
should sell the movie to us. And if I watch a trailer to a film and I am not interested, then either the movie's not good or the trailer did a piss poor job. So I put those in this segment. Uh, I tell you the name of the movie, the premise of the movie, and tell you who, if anyone, is in it. So let us start with one called Stratton Castle, Tale of Jesse Goldenheart. As far as I know, this is a theater-only movie. I don't see anything about it going on streaming. But here's one of the issues. IMDb says this movie came out last year. Movie Insider, one of the websites I use to tell me when movies come out, says it's coming out this week. I don't know who to believe. But the good news is we won't talk about it long because it didn't look that good. When a Scottish servant girl falls in love with her master, it not only turns her world upside down, but potentially all of Stratton Castle. This stars no one of note besides Eric Roberts in a small role. You would know him from everything, including Inherent Vice. But hey, if you know anyone that likes period pieces and period romances, this could be for them. This is a period romance. And it's about a, a love affair between a servant and her master. And oh, they're star-crossed. How could this ever work? But let's be honest. Even if he is a rich aristocrat, can he do whatever the f*** he wants? But I digress. Next up, we have a movie called Soulmates. Two Vermont girls, Samantha and Jessamine, are each other's everything. Their small-town way of life is suddenly jeopardized by two out-of-staters, Jess's new fiancé, and a corporation threatening Vermont's age-old maple syrup industry. This stars no one of note and sounds like, somehow, a Hallmark original movie escaped from the Hallmark Channel and made it into theaters. If you watch a trailer for this, well, actually, when I was watching the trailer for this, I thought it was a Hallmark original. So I stopped, looked it up. Nope, it is actually coming to theaters. I forgot this guy's name, but there's this guy I've seen on TikTok who makes fun of Hallmark movies and he just comes up with pitches for them. And while he makes them up, they do sound like they could very well be like real movies. And this sounds like something he did because we have this, this woman who meets this guy and they fall for each other. But it turns out he's the head of this company that's coming to threaten Vermont's age-old maple syrup industry. Are you telling me that Vermont's maple industry is that weak? That some D-bag in a BMW can just ruin it? I, I don't believe you. Next up, we have a movie called The Accursed. Hannah spends 20 years suppressing a maleficent curse that was placed upon her bloodline only to have a family member knowingly release it, forcing her to kill or be killed. This stars no one of note. And as I was watching the trailer for this, I completely forgot that was the premise and I got nothing, nothing, anything close to that from the trailer. The trailer made it look like a dollar store horror and this premise sounds interesting but alas skip this my friends we have another movie that may have come out last year uh, one website says it did one website says it's coming out now so let's talk about it briefly it's called multiverse four brilliant university students are forced to confront themselves in terrifying ways when their quantum physics experiment leads to an entangled parallel existence that leaves them questioning who they are and what is real uh, the only person of note in this cast is Marley Matlin. Uh, you would know her from a lot of things, including The West Wing. Uh, this is an interesting idea, and it has promise, but it, it just didn't do it for me. 
The interesting part of the trailer shows that they, yes, their experiment did work and they're in this parallel universe that's just like ours. So they're two of the same guy and he kills someone and he uses, uh, they talk about this together. And so he uses his double as a scapegoat going, oh no, you, you saw me. I didn't kill this person. I was over here. How could I possibly murder someone? Which is a very interesting thing to do. That's been done before in movies and TV using twins. Like, oh, we never knew you had this twin. And another twin, your triplets. Oh my God. But yeah, skip that. Next up, we have one called Night Raiders. A mother joins an underground band of vigilantes to try and rescue her daughter from a state-run institution. This stars no one of note, but is apparently executive produced by Taika Waititi. So here's what's weird to me about this film. Is that... In the trailer, it says one of the critiques of this, or or one of the people who reviewed this, says that it's a a wonderful display of indigenous work or or something. I forgot exactly how they said it, but implying that indigenous people worked on this. And I did a little more digging, and I I found out that one of the languages spoken in this movie is Cree. And I hope I'm saying that right. And Cree is a language spoken by indigenous people of Canada, which could kind of explain why Taika Waititi was part of this, because he has aboriginal heritage. Uh, His father was Maori, I think is how you say it. And he himself is working on uh, indigenous focused work. So that could very well explain why he's part of this. And I would love love to be interested in this movie, but it just didn't look good. It looked, it looked boring. So from the trailer, we know that a devastating war was fought. Uh, We don't know why. Well, we don't know with who, but a devastating war was fought. And now a lot of cities are, are gone. And a lot of the people who are left don't have any children. Children are rare. And if someone has a child, it's either taken by the government to be sent to this school to teach them how to fight and thus be used in the war, or the people try to keep their kids hidden. It's about this woman who keeps her kid hidden for a while, but then eventually the government finds a kid, takes his kid to this to this institution, and then it's about her and these other parents and these people who just don't like the government practices fighting back. So the premise sounds interesting, but in practice, from the look of the trailer, it didn't look good. Of course, this could be one of those movies where it just has a shitty trailer, And it could be worth a watch. So maybe keep your eyes open for Night Raiders. All right, my friends, two movies left. Uh, The last second to last movie also could be good. But have you ever just watched a trailer and you thought, oh, that could be interesting. But when it comes time to watch it, you see it on streaming or see it somewhere. You're just like, "Uh, no. But then you remember the trailer going, yes, that was kind of interesting. But then, no, not really. That's how I feel about this. This movie is called Apex. It's about five elite hunters who pay to hunt down a man on a deserted island only to find themselves becoming the prey. This stars Neil McDonald from Minority Report, Bruce Willis from Die Hard, Alexia Fass from Manhattan, and Lachlan Monroe from Riverdale. So does this sound to you a lot like Richard Connell's The Most Dangerous Game? Yes. Yes, it does, because it does sound a lot like that. And nothing wrong with that. That's a very interesting plot idea. 
And if you can take a plot idea that's been done before, make your own good on you. The interesting thing about this movie is that it pits Neil McDonald and Bruce Willis against each other, with Bruce Willis being the guy who is being hunted. He's a criminal. And these people come to him and go, hey, you know what? If you let us hunt you and you survive, you can go free. And they're like, this guy will never survive. And he's like, okay, because I'm f***ing Bruce Willis. Watch me murk all these people. And so he gets sent to this island and he murks all these people. And if you watch a trailer, it's obviously going to come down to a showdown between the two main people. Duh. So this could be something to keep your eye out for if it ever comes to a streaming service you already own, but don't don't go out of your way for this. And finally, in the limited section, we have a movie called Love is Love is Love. Here's another one I have questions about, because according to Movie Insider, they say this is a nationwide release and I can find no other source to back this up. And what, I, what else tells me that it's not a nationwide release is that I have never heard of this movie before. And with as much research as I do into movies, I am almost never surprised by a week's nationwide release. I know it's coming. And there were two movies this week that said they were nationwide. And I was just like, really? Are you though? And this is the first. So Love is Love is Love, a woven tale of three stories that explore love, commitment, and loyalty between couples and friends. This stars Rosanna Arquette from The Whole Nine Yards. Kathy Baker from Picket Fences, Chris Messina from Devil, and Sybil Shepard from Moonlighting. Moonlighting. That had uh, Bruce Willis in it. Uh, This movie looks boring and pointless. It it looks 100% boring and pointless. And it looks like the kind of movie that's trying way too hard to be a tearjerker. Like, if you really want to cry that bad, just watch Beaches. Just watch My Girl. Just watch anything else other than this. This looks like a gigantic mess. 100% skip it. Well, my future friends, before we jump into the wide releases and interesting indies, let us take our break as we hear words from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Network, Watch Mouth Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, goddamn a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. 
We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're we're doing doing fine. All right, we are back. We're back with the first wide release and interesting indie called Julia. Julia tells the story of the legendary cookbook author and television superstar who changed the way Americans think about food, television, and even more about women. Yes, this is a documentary. It looks pretty damn good. I love cooking TV. I think Guy Fieri is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I've said it multiple times before on the show. I will say it again. If you don't like Guy Fieri, that says more about you. And this isn't the first Julia Childs documentary, but it's been a while since we had one. It's been a while since we've had anything about her, because there was that movie, Julie and Julia, which was good. PBS, of course, has talked about her a lot. They've had shows about her. They still show her, I guess, once in a while, right? Or at least they release collections or something. So it's been a while since we've had something. This documentary also talks about her work as a spy, which I always forget. Like, I will 100% forget that because I'm used to her as a cook. And, and oh, yeah, she she did some spy shit, didn't she? Give me that movie. Okay, Julie and Julia was great. Uh, that's fine. I, I watched it. I enjoyed it. Give me the movie of Julia Childs as a spy. That's what I want to watch. Like, oh, hello, here's the intel you wanted. I hid the I hid the files in the souffle. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch the shit out of it. You know, let's make it a comedy, too. Let's make it a comedy and starring Rebel Wilson. Fuck yeah, let's do this. I'm down. Or, you know, make it serious, too. I, I'd watch either one. But I haven't seen a thing about what streaming services may eventually come to. But there's so many out there that just keep an eye open for it and it'll probably pop up somewhere. Julia gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my future friends, next up we have another documentary. This one on Amazon Prime. It's called Mayor Pete. This is an this is an inside look at Pete Buttigieg's campaign to run for president of the United States. So yes, this is a documentary about Pete Pete Buttigieg who right now is at the heart, as of this moment, is at the heart of the paternal leave. Unless there's been an update I haven't seen, I'm on, I'm on his side with this, because apparently he's been calling into work and, and uh, still working, but we have this, even if we mean to or not, our culture is still holding on to this idea that dads are just the breadwinners. Like, their job is just to work and provide. Why would they want to be with their child when it's a baby, right? And you know, my parent, my uh, dad never stopped working. My mom went right back to work as soon as she could. And my grandpa helped, helped raise me in that sense. And that's a crime that you have to do that or guess you're homeless now. Whoops. But this documentary is more about his run for office. And I think Julia is going to be a better quality one because it's going to be more, it's going to be more honest because she's dead. People can say whatever the f*** they want about her at this point. And Pete Buttigieg knew that this was going on. Like, he he invited this crew in. They knew they were doing a documentary. And I'm not saying I don't trust him, but he's also a politician. So I don't trust him. So if you see this documentary, it's because you like him. 
Uh, you either voted for him or you just think he's a cool guy. Whatever. That's why you watch this. Mayor Pete gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have one called What Do We See When We Look at the Sky? This is a limited theatrical release, but it's coming to video on demand on a service called Mubi, which I looked up. Uh, Mubi looks like it brings you kind of artsy indie films for $10.99 a month. So not that great a price, but look, if you have more than one person that's interested in a film, it's not bad to get it for a month just to watch it. What do we see when we look at the sky is about a chance encounter on a street corner has Lisa and Georgie fall in love at first sight, but an evil spell is cast on them. Will they ever meet again? This is a Georgian movie, and from the trailer, I see nothing of the some evil spell. I wonder if it's an evil spell with uh, sarcastic air quotes because it's just bad timing or something, but uh, it looks cute. It, it does. This looks like a cute romance and it gives you the benefit of watching a movie from another country because, come on, how many movies from Georgia have you really seen? What do we see when we look at the sky gets a 7.5 out of 11. Uh, next up, we have a movie that I should have put in the limited section, so let's do that right now. This is a movie called Double Walker, uh, limited release and video on demand. A young woman's ghost investigates the mysterious events that led to her own murder. This stars no one of note, and Double Walker should have been in the limited release section. Because I just rewatched the trailer, and really, I, I don't know why I put it here. Uh, may have been a mis mistake, may have just been, maybe I was tired, I don't know, but no, sk skip this film. It does have potential, but it's another case where the trailer and what the premise says it is doesn't quite line up. But my friends, we have three movies left and the pick of the week. And the next movie left that's not the pick of the week is called Belfast. A young boy and his working class family experience the tumultuous late 1960s. This stars Jamie Dornan from A Private War, Dame Judi Dench from Notes on a Scandal, and I never know how to say his name, but Siaren or Kyron or something, uh, Siaren Hines from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and... Kytriona Balfe from Ford vs. Ferrari. So this is another movie where one source said it was nationwide, another says it wasn't, that it was limited. So either way, this still looks good. This looks like a good film. It's filmed in black and white. And it's a period piece set in the 1960s Ireland. And if any of you are about my age, if you're about uh, in your late 30s, uh, early 40s, mid 30s, you may remember that when we were kids, the IRA was a bad guy in movies and TV shows and stuff back then. Not really now, because it's not a, a common thing anymore. Now we have terrorism, I, either foreign terrorists or homegrown terrorists. The bad guys of our media reflect what's currently out there. So just imagine what it was like back then. Uh, I, I, I do not know my world history very well. I am a product of the American school system, so I don't remember a lot of this stuff. And I'm not sure if I was ever taught about Ireland in the 60s. But needless to say, in this film, shit is going down, and we get to see it from the point of view of a young boy and his family. And this looks really well done. This looks like a beautiful film and something that would be worth your time. 
worth your time in theaters? I'm still really iffy about that. That's the question. Like, I really want to see Dune. I really want to see Spider-Man. I want to see all of these movies, but I'm still nervous to go to the theaters because I don't trust people. I don't trust some idiot who came down with COVID knowingly going out anyway because he thinks it's some uh, it's some hoax or something. So my my job now is to find a line between not living in fear and also realizing that people suck. Will I be seeing this in theaters? No way, no how. Will I be watching this eventually? Yes, this does look like a good film. We do have some good films coming out this week, though nothing huge. What do we see when we look at the sky? Looks good. Julia looks good. Belfast looks good. Belfast gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, we have the first big Christmas release from a streaming service, I think. I didn't do an episode for two weeks, so if something came out, I missed it. But let's talk about one called Home Sweet Home Alone. This is a Disney Plus original. A married couple tries to steal back a valuable heirloom from a troublesome kid. This stars Ellie Kemper from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Rob Delaney from Deadpool 2, Timothy Simmons from The Interview, Ali Mackey from Cloak and Dagger, Aisling B from This Way Up, Keenan Thompson from SNL, Pete Holmes from The Pete Holmes Show, Andrew Daly from Review, Chris Parnell from Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, Mikey Day also from SNL, and I guess in that case Chris Parnell is too, and Devin Rattay from Home Alone and The Tick. In Home Alone, he played Buzz, the original Home Alone. And the kid in this is young Archie Yates, who you would know from his role in Jojo Rabbit as Yorkie, Jojo's friend. And maybe the only time in my life I will say this, that adorable little Nazi. Okay, my friends, look, uh, looking at my, uh, my watch that I'm not wearing, it's time to say probably for the first time this year, maybe not, I don't know, that I look at holiday movies, I look especially Christmas movies differently than I do any other film. Because look at Home Sweet Home Alone. Watch the trailer. Does it look good? No, it does not. It looks like hot garbage. It looks like a forgettable mess that may have a laugh or two, but it's too try hard for its own damn good. But here's the thing. It's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie coming to a streaming service that a lot of us already have. I love the Princess Switch movies. I think they're fantastic. They're terrible, but they're fantastic. I love the Hallmark-style holiday film. They are they are sweaty hot garbage, but they are so much fun, and they're great for the season. Home Sweet Home Alone is the same thing. It does not look like a good film. It looks like a great film to show your kids, but of course, you know what? The first Home Alone, or the first two Home Alones, are great to show your kids, too. Just forget three, four, five, and six happened. Or just five. I think this is six. Either way, forget anything besides one and two happened, and we have this film that's new to watch this season, that you can watch mindlessly. You don't have to, like, think critically when watching this. You know what a Home Alone movie implies. You know that there's this kid who's left home alone. You know that his parents are trying to get back to him, uh, usually the mother, because this is a mother-son story. And you just forget the fact that how can any parent leave their kid, leave an entire child behind? What terrible parents are these? Let's ignore that. 
So we have this kid left home alone. Someone's trying to break into his home. So instead of calling the cops or doing something smart, he's like, I know, I know what I'll do. I will set traps for these burglars who could f***ing murk me and everything will be fine. What can possibly go wrong? And if something goes wrong, hopefully that scary, weird person who lives in my area will help me. That's it. That's the movie. That's this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if you could if you could plot out Home Alone and plot out and plot out Home Sweet Home Alone and they'd be the same film. I don't give a crap. What I want to watch is a film that makes me think of Christmas and that makes me count how many times these burglars will, would have died. Have you ever watched those videos? Someone did it. I don't know. You know, let me look this up. So I don't know if this YouTube channel was the first one to do it, but Screen Junkies did it uh, in their series, Honest Action. And they did Home Alone and Home Alone 2. And they talked about all of the different um, different ailments that would befall Marv and uh, Harry, I think. Hey, look at that. I got it right. Marv and Harry. I'm so smart. Anyway, they, they go over all of the various injuries that they would get and how many times they'd be dead. And look, we know all these traps and everything is bullshit. We know it, but it's fun. So that's exactly what you're getting when you watch Home Sweet Home Alone, if you watch it. Look, if you have no, no care to watch this, if you do not give a flying shit about this, about this reboot, fine. That's fine, whatever. Uh, but if you want to watch something silly and stupid that may just make you smile, I think Home Sweet Home Alone could be that film. Ultimately forgettable and not very good, but I think it might make you smile. Home Sweet Home Alone gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, I have one movie to mention briefly before we go on to the pick of the week, which I think you may know what it is if uh, if you know what big movies are coming out. My future friends, Tick, Tick, Boom is coming to Netflix next week, so I will be talking about it on the next episode. However, it is getting a limited theatrical release now. So let me just tell you that on the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressure of life as an artist in New York City. This stars Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge, Alexandra Shipp from Love, Simon, Vanessa Hudgens from The Princess Switch, Michaela J. Rodriguez from Pose, Judith Light from Transparent, Bradley Whitford from The West Wing, and Laura Benanti from Supergirl. And it turns out I was wrong about this movie when I discussed it, when I discussed the trailer before, going, why would someone want to watch the biopic of the guy who wrote Rent? Okay, it's loosely based on him. So this is, it's an original play, loosely based on the guy who wrote Rent. So I was wrong there. I am now more interested, but we will talk about that next week. So my future friends, it's time for the pick of the week this week, which is called... Red Notice. This is a Netflix original about an Interpol agent who tracks the world's most wanted art thief with the help of another art thief. This stars Gal Gadot from Fast and Furious franchise, Dwayne Johnson from the Fast and Furious franchise, and Ryan Reynolds, technically also in the Fast and Furious franchise. So Gal Gadot, did I pronounce your name wrong the first time? I just can't get over saying Gadot, even though I do believe it is supposed to be Gadot, Gal Gadot. But Gal Gadot was in quite a few Fast and Furious movies. Remember, Justice for Han, hashtag Justice for Han. Dwayne Johnson in them as well. Ryan Reynolds was not in a main movie Fast and Furious film. He was in Hobbs and Shaw. 
which is a Fast and Furious spinoff. So technically he is in the, in the Fast and Furious universe. Look, I'm torn with this movie. I really am. Um, it seems too perfect. Gal Gadot is f***ing great. And if you look at her IMDb page, she is just growing exponentially. Fast and Furious was the first thing she ever did outside of two episodes of a TV show. Two episodes. Vin Diesel is who we have to thank for Gal Gadot being in, in Hollywood today. Because if I remember right, I did a quick Google search and couldn't find anything, but I'm feeling like an, a lazy ass right now, so it's probably out there. But if I remember right, Vin Diesel was Gal Gadot's babysitter when they were both younger and kept in touch, and he got her a role in the Fast and Furious franchise. Reportedly, he was also very protective of her. Like, there's supposed to be a, a nude scene, or she's a, like a really sexual scene, and he just said, nope, not happening. That is not happening. Probably not nude with Fast and Furious, right? But pretty um, suggestive. Because she did Fast and Furious, and then a couple more TV things, and then slowly it just rose. And now, every year... She's doing something huge. In the future, she has an Agatha Christie movie coming out, Death on the Nile, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. She's playing the evil queen. Uh, she's working on a movie called Cleopatra, where she's Cleopatra and Wonder Woman 3. She is big shit. So this movie has Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson, and Ryan Reynolds, three of the biggest people right now. That being said... I should be more excited for the film. I, I really should, but the trailers have just left me cold. I'm just like, eh. And I do think it is a a case of a bad trailer because I think Netflix knew they had something. I think Netflix knew they had three of the biggest people in Hollywood and they released these trailers that left me cold, but other people were just like, oh, this is cool. This trailer didn't tell us much, but these big three people are in it. Am I going to watch this? 100%. I will watch this. And I actually think, uh, no promises, but keep an eye out next week for two episodes. Because if I do watch this this weekend, I might do a, a episode for it. Trying to make the show more relevant. New, you know, watching a new movie each week. Or trying to and doing an episode. We'll see how that works. But will I watch this? Yes, I will. Uh, am I super stoked for it? Not as stoked as I should be. And I think whoever made these trailers failed with those three people in this it wasn't it should have been an easy sell but it wasn't but it is but this is still the pick of the week because really there's nothing else coming out uh, i do think belfast looks good i think what do we see when we look at the sky looks good but when i decide which film the pick of the week is going to be i also have to keep in mind how easy is it going to be to see and i have to compare that with the biggest, widest release, how good does it look? If what do we see when we look at the sky or Belfast looked outstanding, maybe it would have been the pick of the week because quality over quantity of theaters. But in this case, Red Notice just had too much going in its direction, and it is the pick of the week at an 8 out of 11. All right, my friends, thank you for tuning in. I know this was a little weird of an episode because I'm changing so much, but please let me know what you think. If you don't think I should get rid of the trailers and news, let me know. But like I said, I've been doing this for so long, I think something has to change. It has been six years, and 
just let me know what you think. But for now, I'm going to send you along your way to the other great shows you may listen to in the podcast sphere. I will see you next week. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.